I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Kelly Parkhurst, Head of Product Design for ABSA, the banking group in South Africa. Now, we're talking about Africa and fintech. The adoption of fintech in Africa has been growing at pace, and we want to know a little bit more about this. So, first of all, there is, dare I say it, an elephant in the room as well as an elephant in the continent, and the elephant in the room has been the impact of COVID-19. How's that affected the adoption of fintech in Africa? Let's get the pandemic out of the way first. (laughs) Like with anywhere in the world, the adoption of digital products and services during and after post the pandemic have really been accelerated. And Africa has been no different. I actually feel in a way Africa's probably seen a heightened acceleration of the adoption of fintech technologies than some other countries. And I think it's just been a real push towards mobile-first solutions and mobile adoption. Alongside that, the growing mobile phone usage across the continent is starting to reach the levels that really cause a tipping point in terms of access and use of digital capabilities that fintechs can offer. So even if you see the end of 21, you saw investments in technology solutions double that of the 20s and two thirds of that were fintechs. And that's in Africa alone. And it's an exciting space to watch. And I think that that growth and that acceleration isn't going to slow down anytime soon. Well, there is one other external factor before we get into the nuts and bolts of the industry itself, and that's the African continental free trade area. Now, this came into actuality in January 2021. How much of a push has that been? It's quite an interesting one. I see fintechs and the trade agreement as a bit of a symbiotic relationship. In order for the trade agreement to be successful, you need really well-enabled cross-border payments. And that is a huge opportunity for the taking from the likes of fintechs who can iterate and deliver at a speed that the larger incumbents really don't have that capacity to do. And you're seeing, you know, the payments flows across the continent that you can capture as a result of this is a huge opportunity for fintechs. I think the volumes that you're going to see is going to open up so many opportunities. And then you have a, a snowball effect when it comes to economic growth and inclusion across the continent, as well as the outcomes and the goals that the free trade agreement is pursuing as well. So they, they're really going to benefit one another. And it's focusing on payments in the first part, because those are the, the hygiene factors that you need to, to see to get this get it going. But after that, I think we're going to start seeing some really exciting ancillary products coming through from a management, software management perspective, um, you know, more working capital for SMEs and that type of thing. So I think it's really exciting. And as the borders open more and more, thanks to the pandemic, we'll start seeing a lot of acceleration in that space. Well, let's get into the industry itself now. And the first thing I want to ask you actually is perhaps more about ABSA and ABSA's relationship with fintechs. What are you actually doing with the fintech sector? How are you engaging with them at the moment? So we, we've got a relatively new capability um, sitting in group that's looking at digital partnerships specifically. And it's looking at all forms of partnerships from consulting houses to fintechs to corporate partners. And the idea is to really see how can we unlock value in various ecosystems as a collective. No, we're not arrogant enough to think that we can come in and own an entire ecosystem or create one. I mean, it would be lovely to be able to do that. But in reality, you can only really work in a 
ecosystem if you're collaborating with other players. And that's the primary focus around that. And in order to deliver at the speed in which we need to, in order to be competitive and having a seat at that table or at that ecosystem, we need to do it with fintechs. So we've got a number of relationships with fintechs. We're doing quite a few exploratory pilots and proof of concepts in lots of different areas from the trade space to cross-border payments uh, to supply chains. Uh, They're all in relatively early stages, but the lessons that we're learning from collaborating with fintechs from both sides of the party have been really beneficial. So we're getting there. We're also partnering with a few uh, accelerators across Africa. And that's to, to not necessarily own the accelerator journey for fintechs ourselves, but to rather partner with experts in that field and provide our input and our expertise when they need it, rather than try own the entire accelerator journey ourselves. What are fintechs doing for Africa? Is this something that offers a a bright future for improving financial inclusion, facilitating economic growth, or are those just pie-in-the-sky concepts? I'm a glass half full or a glass overfloweth person, so I believe that there is a lot of opportunity in this space. From an Africa perspective, the continent is really well known for mobile money usage and how much it's thrived across the continent. And it's the first step in decaching the environments. Cash is a huge problem across the continent, or not a problem, but it's the go-to mechanism for payments. And that's got a lot of challenges and limitations from all players in the, in the ecosystems. And as soon as you start offering accessible financial solutions in your pocket, the need to use cash and have cash on your persons for all your transactions reduces. And then you start getting a digital footprint. You start getting a record. You can start getting access to savings accounts, to credit, and therefore growing your business. And it does really have that ripple effect from an economic growth and financial inclusion perspective. Where we see fintechs really make a strong play on the content is primarily through payments. So uh, the Mpesas of the, of, of the continent and mobile money was the first to, to come into that place. Um, we're now looking at far more cross-border solutions for payments as well. Even a few disruptor banks or more, more nimble digital first banks are cropping up as well. But the more, more of the fintechs are focused on very specific facets of the financial uh, ecosystem. Payments being first in cross-border payments. And now you're starting to see micro-lending come up as well. And some really interesting solutions leveraging data from mobile money in order to to look at lending algorithms and look at alternative lending mechanisms, which I personally find incredibly exciting and, and, and the true use of clever data. The question I asked you was a chimera to elicit the answer you gave, <laughs> but this is the kind of thing that is going to contribute to economic development. It's the kind of thing that's going to contribute to financial inclusion and is going to have a significant impact on the entire continent's GDP, ultimately. There's going to be percentage points involved here. Definitely. And I think there will be large ones. I mean, everyone looks at the payment space across Africa, and a lot of it is in the informal economy. As soon as you start formalizing that, or or maybe the hidden economy, because it's not quite informal in, in quite a few pockets, it's more hidden from the primary old school uh, financial banking mechanisms, 
the amount of volumes you see, the opportunities that can come through that, I really do believe are going to have a significant impact on the GDPs of the organizations. And you're also, it's telling through the investment in, in the space. There's a lot of foreign investment going into fintechs across this con- continent because they see the opportunity and the room for growth and where it's going to going to end up. Well, one of the reasons there's that room for growth is the population in Africa. It's a young population, it's a growing population, and it's a population that's ready to accept the next step on from mobile money. It's a population that's ready to embrace digital transactions. Yeah, and I think that's probably the reason why mobile money has been so success- so successful on the continent. Um, you do have a, a younger generation who's willing to adopt things, who, who are excited to, to try and experiment with different mechanisms and different ways of transacting. And you're also getting more, more and more mobile natives using devices. And for them, it feels like it's a natural thing to be transacting on rather than you know putting some savings under your pillow and, and hoping someone doesn't find them. Kelly Parkhurst, Head of Product Design at ABSA, thank you very much.